Welcome to Two Chicks in a Horror Flick, a weekly horror movie review podcast. I'm Tawny Ray. And I'm Felicia Connor. Subscribe to get new episodes every Wednesday. We dive into trivia, drink a little whiskey, and of course, give our no BS opinions. Join our Discord server or message us on social media to talk all things scary. And if you like the show, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can find all these links on our website, twochicksandahorrorflick.com. Thanks for listening. Now let's get scared. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Possum from 2018. But before we get into all that, Felicia, what are you drinking? Ooh, you know what I'm drinking. Just because I, I was late. I, I was do. late because I am going back like last episode to a mimosa. I, I We literally went to the store this morning to get the ingredients because I, I really like them. I didn't realize <laughs> I liked them so much. I am jealous and now I want a mimosa again also. <laughs> what are you drinking? I'm just drinking. a big old jug or something. Yeah, I just have my water bottle that I put everything in basically and I'm drinking a fizz stick. But then I have after that, I got, I switched up my Olipop box, okay? And I got like the best sellers box. So now I have a Tropical Punch Olipop to try. What What am I doing? Am I like... I don't know why I did this. Like I put that's my what hand influencers do when they're showing <laughs> makeup products and stuff. I put my hand behind the fucking can like it needed to focus on the can. That was stupid. <laughs> you have been watching some YouTube videos or something. I guess so. That was like I've never done that before in my life. I have no idea where that came from. Um, you couldn't see it, so I was like, try. I think I was trying to get it to like not have a glare on it. Anyway, so we'll see. I haven't tried this tropical punch flavor. I'm excited. Nice, 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 nice. But I gotta wait on that. Um, yes. Okay, so that's what we're drinking. What? That's what we're drinking. What have you been watching, listening to? All right, I'm pulling this up because I, I do want to say while you're pulling it up, mm-hmm. we were just talking before we started recording about like uh, makeup and skincare and stuff. Your makeup does look fabulous. I love this color oh, of eyeshadow. You. Thank you so much. I like close my eye and then I don't know where I'm going towards the camera. Thank you. I have been really inspired to do my makeup because I love, I love makeup as an accessory. Like I don't think anyone needs makeup. I think everyone's Mm -hmm. beautiful, but it's fun, right? Sometimes to pop it on. And I have so much, so much. I went to Ulta twice this past (laughs) week. So I, I'm like, I need to start using it. And I found a palette that's fairly new, hasn't been touched. It is the, oh my gosh, Pumpkin Spice by Too Faced. And it has the, like the, the burnt, like burnt auburny yeah, it's orange like colors. Yeah. Pumpkin. Yep. Yeah. Pumpkin Spice Latte, I think is what the palette's called. Um, but thank you. I was playing around with it. And then another reason why I was late to recording. <laughs> I was also going to say that it does feel kind of fall because it is that that like orange. Yes. I think I was just thinking too, because I do love this color actually. And it is like one of the best fall colors, I think, is that like, you know, deep kind of pumpkin orange. Not pumpkin, because pumpkin's kind of a light orange, but you know what I'm saying. Like that yeah. Burnt, yeah, deep orange. And I was thinking I should go to the store and see if I can find a nail polish color like that. Because I think that'd be <gasps> nice for fall. Yes, I think so too. I think it feels you should. Like- it feels like fall, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know about you. But. Well, I mean, physically outside it doesn't. Well, actually, the other day it did a little because it was only 94. 
So I was like, oh, the temperature's going down. It was nice. <laughs> That's wild. It's like 94 is like, oh, we're getting a chill. Oh my gosh, I can walk to the mailbox. I definitely <laughs> mentally and emotionally feel like fall 100%. I'm, I'm ready to. There was like a moment. I think it was like a week ago, a week or two ago on the weekend, it, the temperature dropped dramatically. Like it got down to like 50s, like it was like 45 or something in the morning at one point. And I was Ooh. like, oh, it's about to be jacket time. And since then, we've kind of gone back up. Like it's warmer now. But I'm like, nope, the ship has sailed. I'm already ready. You Like the temperature dropped and I was like instantly in a sweater. It, it, the, I, my first sweater that I wore was that black Christmas sweater that we bought at the convention. Nice. Oh. And I was like, yes, I'm in it. It's fall time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I definitely feel fall-y. And then bringing back some colors because you can't tell if you're listening, but I'm a brunette again. And then I'm washing my hair. So now you probably can't tell. But in person, like it's it's lightening a little bit you know, oh, yeah. after mm-hmm. you wash it. And it's so yummy. I love my hairdresser. <laughs> it's so great. And then I'm like, ooh, now I'm going to try these different colors. So every time you change like your hair color and stuff, it changes what makeup you can wear too. Oh yeah. I guess that makes sense. I'm so yeah. fucking just like, I just find a thing that works and I stick with that for fucking years. That's it. This is the, <laughs> this is the same makeup I've been doing for fucking years. And it looks amazing. Thank you. So <laughs> it's very simple. You totally don't need to even switch it up. Mascara foundation. Actually, I did start wearing blush semi-recently. Yes, so. she did. That made yeah. me so happy because that was my a Felicia favorite thing. thing. Yeah. Blush is my favorite. <laughs> anyway, sorry I distracted you. No, what no. Are- that was fun. What uh, have you been watching? Let me tell you what I've been watching, but let me tell you this first because it warmed my heart. TT has a little friend over. Uh, she's a new friend, now her new best friend that she made at school, and this is the first time she came up she's come over and so anyways they were in the living room talking about oh what should we watch and i just i always listen when i hear tt talking about me just in case (laughs) what is she saying (laughs) oh no because she's like yeah my mom you know we can't watch that because my mom said and she got kind of quiet and i'm like what is she saying and i don't know she said something about a, a dead lady i think and i'm like oh god why is she telling her that um but then the little girl goes what about hocus pocus i love hocus pocus and i'm like <laughs> yes this is a great friend <laughs> and so ash is like me too so they're in there watching hocus pocus and then her mom invited us to the brother's birthday party in october and um she goes, uh, just a warning. I just want to make sure you know we're, we might have some scary, gory costumes. And I'm like, oh, my God, You're you like- are my people. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> it's like I have a horror podcast. I love it. I'm so excited. I had Halloween decor. Um, I had Halloween decor last year. There was a dead woman and kidnapped like bloody stuff everywhere. And like parents were not happy with me. So I'm very happy. <laughs> You're like, I'm here for this. <laughs> yes, I'm here for this. Oh, okay. So what I've been watching, um, two things, three things, sorry, that I wanted to, to highlight. I watched the documentary on Netflix, Sins of Our Mother. And that was really interesting. Um, when Steve and I first moved here, that was happening here in Arizona. Oh, okay. And we were waiting to find out, like, um, 
you know, the kids are missing. I'm not going to give anything away. And if people know the story, but um, I forgot the woman's name, but you guys could look up sins of our mother. And we were waiting for them to find her children and, and we were on pins and needles. So we watched the documentary about that. And it's kind of like, it's not anything like the Night Stalker, but it's like it in the sense, the documentaries where you have bits and pieces because you have bits and pieces coming to you through the media come, you know, well, really through the media. And uh, sometimes they're wrong and sometimes they're right. So this puts it all together and you're like, oh, that's what happened. That's how all of this played out. So that was really good. Sins of Our Mother. Um, watched The House of Gucci on Prime with Lady Gaga and Adam Driver, oh, Al Pacino. Yeah. Loved it. I was going to say, how's that? I love I re- Lady Gaga. Yeah, me too. I really, oh, and Adam Driver was amazing in this. I loved it. I love documentaries and movies about fashion. I don't know. I just, mm. it's so romantic and there's crime, intrigue, and romance in the world of fashion. And I love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Super good. And then the last thing I watched last night was Vengeance. We watched Vengeance. It's free on Peacock right now. Well, it's on Peacock, so, you know, if you have Peacock. And Vengeance is with, um, oh, BJ Novak from The Office and... I don't think I know what this is. Boyd Holbrook and Dove Cameron, um, Ashton Kutcher, really good, guys. Go watch it. It's about a podcaster who he's invited. I won't give anything away that's, you know, so don't worry, but he is... a girl dies and her, her family calls him because they think that they are boyfriend and girlfriend based on what they hear from their daughter. Uh, but he like had, really doesn't know her at all. It was like almost like a one night stand. He's kind of sleazy. So they can, you know, that he goes out to her funeral, but they think she's been murdered and he's a podcaster. So he decides to do a podcast and investigate this this situation it was really really good really well acted really good Mm, okay interesting i imagine he's not it's not funny oh yeah so funny oh Oh, no it's funny yeah it's funny and serious and they do a really good job of balancing that okay interesting yeah all right watch that it that's it. What about you? <laughs> okay. Um, I have watched I've, The House of the Dragon, obviously, and we're recording this on Sunday, so the new episode is out tonight, and I'm very excited about it. Um, oh, Ink Masters is back. <gasps> oh, nice. With the new season. And uh, they, they, like, switched up the entire um, judge crew and host, so... The new host is Joel Madden from Good Charlotte. Oh um, wow! And the yeah, so the it's totally. I mean, it's not totally different. Premise is the same, but you know, I love watching shows and just judging the shit out of competition reality shows. Oh, okay. Now this is reminding me of other things I watched. I also watched all of the new After the Altar episodes of Love Is Blind. <laughs> so fucking stupid! I hate. That I hate watch these things, but now I'm like, I'm involved. I know these, like the history up until now, so I can't just not watch them. You know? No, of course not. You need to know what's going on with those people. So I watched it all, and I don't recommend it. <laughs> well, you know what? We're still watching the Kardashians. 
And yeah, I got excited when Chris and Kylie came out with a new Chris palette based okay. on based on dirty martinis. Oh. And yeah, I know I need this. Right up your alley. Yeah, I know. I need it. I need it. <laughs> I want it. But uh and they have a new in September. They haven't it is September. No. Oh shit, it is. September twenty second. New season of the Kardashians. <laughs> oh, okay. Damn. I didn't realize it was still happening. I just yeah. assumed it was all old. Episodes. Well, I think it is. I think it's old up to a point because in the trailers, they're saying we took a break oh. and now and there. But I got to see um, Kim uh, Kanye proposed to Kim. Oh, my Lord. Oh, man. This. Wow. <laughs> it's I, insane. I, it's insane. And it's so crazy to see like um, uh, I I love them all. <laughs> Me and my daughter saying. Did you dream about the Kardashians? I did. Because you know when you watch something so <laughs> yeah. much, you start to enter your dreams. Um, but uh, her name is Courtney. Courtney and her husband, Scott. And now they're way no longer together because that's how old the episodes are. But he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to put a helicopter in the backyard. And she's like, yeah, if you want to. Okay, this is, I have so much money. I am so bored. What do I do? Yeah. I put a helicopter in the back. Why? I don't know. I don't really go anywhere. But if I want to go to L.A., it'd be nice not to. And they live in L.A., right? But outside of L.A., of course. It'd be, it'd be nice not to have to be in the traffic. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, God. I just love I love seeing this altered reality. God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's wild. <laughs> Funny. Uh, but those late those girls also inspired me to start using the makeup I have because hmm. they always have a lot of makeup on. Of course, they have makeup artists <laughs> yeah. that do their makeup every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I even though I haven't been watching stuff, I am excited for all the stuff that's about to come out mm-hmm. or is out already. Like there was Barbarian, which we watched and talked about and did an episode on. Pearl is out now. I didn't even realize it's Ooh. already out. The follow-up to X, right? Um, my Best Friend's Exorcism is coming out. Hocus Pocus 2. Yes. I just There's feel another like... another one. Like, it's a Call Me Baby or It's Okay, Darling. Oh, Don't something. Worry, Darling. Don't, oh, you don't seem excited at all I that. This looks boring to me. Can I be uh, honest? Everybody keeps talking yeah. <laughs> about it. And it's like, it seems like... I like Florence Pugh, you know, because she's in it. Mm-hmm. But I ju- it just looks fucking boring. Like, Jade and I saw a preview for it today when we were watching YouTube videos. And I was like, I feel like I've seen this movie, like, three fucking times already. I don't know. That's just my hot take, not having seen it. Yeah, it could be. It could <laughs> but be. anyway. Yeah. yeah there is that, that movie. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> to, to spit on that movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, they do have the new Goodnight Mommy with, um, with... There's a new Goodnight Mommy. A new one. Yep. And it is, you can watch it now, I believe. Sorry, let me go just type this in really quick. Because uh, I can see her face in, yep, Goodnight Mommy 2022. And it is with, drum roll please, Naomi Watts. What? That is mm-hmm. wild. Yeah, they redid it. And it. I saw like a preview for it, I think on like the. On a, on the home screen because we have like a fire stick, but I just assumed it was the old one. So did I, but I did too. The exact same thing happened because the boys look identical. Yeah, first of all, um, but I think they look familiar because I think those are the two boys from uh, Big Little Lies. 
and I think they're twins or brothers, but anyway, I, I thought the same thing, except I didn't remember her being so animated. Like I remember in the movie we watched, she was always like standing there in the mirror, like, and, and this one, she's like kind of hopping around and she was trying on clothes. And I'm like, I don't remember that. Yeah. Weird. And then she said something. I'm like, holy shit. Wait a second. Is that Naomi Watts? We should fucking watch this. Yes, we should. I, Let me see. Good night, mommy. I wonder if it's like a shot for shot remake. That'd be kind of sad, but. Right. Watch now on Prime Video. Hmm. Okay. See what's happening. It's like everybody was really excited earlier in the year about all these horror movies. Not me. But now I'm like, okay, there's a lot of cool stuff happening. Yeah. Right now. I'm very excited. We should watch that for an episode. Yeah. It's kind of fun to, to do remakes, I think. Because yeah. you can compare. And we've already done the original. With good actors. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. All right. We'll do that. Yeah. We'll figure out when we're going to do that. I do want to do a quick shout out. Something that I just realized. If you listen to our episodes, we usually do this at the end of the episode, but I just want to do a quick thing. If you listen to our episodes and you like us, please consider going and giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. We read the reviews on the episodes when we see them. And I went to go check again this time to make sure we didn't have any new ones. And I realized that our last one was from November of last year. So it's almost been an entire year. Oh, nobody likes us. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think they, that's it. They don't stay to the end to hear us say, please do that. I think that might be part of it, yeah, is that people, you know, you feel like it's wrapping up and you're like, okay, I'm just getting out of this episode. Um, or, you know, it's kind of hard to find the time in your day to go and do that. But so that's why I wanted to ask on the front end. If you listen and you like us and you like our show, please go and give us a review. It helps people see us. So we get pushed up the like search results and we'll read your thing. So. But if you just like don't like the way I look or something, you can keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> Because right. I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking the mimosa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Having a good time. Okay. So we are talking about Possum from 2018, which um, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a... Oh, mm. I, I usually grab this from the Wikipedia page, but I didn't. Like it's psychological like a, for sure, right? Psychological, yeah. Atmospheric... Ugh, creepy slow burn horror movie Eesh, yeah from i think the uk yes it is from the uk okay yeah british british psychological horror film um written and directed by matthew holness and i did a little quick search on him he hasn't done a movie since this directed a movie since this i think he's mostly known as an actor he is a um like an actor, comedian, and something else. But he's mostly known for like comedy stuff. Oh, so wow. I, yeah. I, I, it's interesting how we kind of sometimes talk about movies that are similar in ways that we don't anticipate. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like this is one of those times where it's like we talked about Nope, and then we talked about Barbarian. Now we're talking about this movie, all from people who primarily have done comedy and then do horror because they they are fans of horror. So yeah, I just thought that was a neat little tie-in. Um, I think comedians have like a darkness to them too. Me and my husband were talking about that. Um, a lot of them 
I don't know a lot of them, but how they suffer from depression or have like this, I don't know, self-depreciating yeah. sort of, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, but maybe I do know what I'm talking about. I'm thinking this darkness that's within them. <laughs> right. Maybe it's released and translated into like what we just saw. Well, and like, I think Jordan Peele talks about how they're kind of, well, I think it's not just Jordan Peele because I've heard um, Stephen King talk about how they're two sides of the same coin kind mm. of, but Jordan Peele, I think talks about how in comedy and in horror, you're looking for a reaction out of your audience, you know? You're trying to make them feel a very specific way, which is true for all genres, I guess. But like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're either looking for a laugh or like a scream. Right. And they're kind of similar in that way. So just thought that was interesting. You know what? You're absolutely right. Because even if you think of dramas, you probably aren't looking. You may want someone to feel, you know, uh, enamored or sad and they're going to cry. But do you want them to feel absolutely heartbrokenly crushed where they're just bawling it probably not that's not like the main thing but scared and screaming or laughing yeah i also feel like maybe visceral is the wrong word but it's not as visceral of a response like Mm -hmm. an immediate thing i guess like a laugh is like you're reacting immediately to a thing and like screaming and jumping you're that's also like a reactive not just an overall feeling but you're like reacting to something that you're seeing or hearing so yeah that was good um, okay, so then the actors, we only, ha- I only have two here. Sean Harris plays Philip, and Alan Armstrong plays Maurice. Um, for scores, I have IMDb gave this a 5.7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 90%. 90%, much higher than everything else. Wow. 76% of Google users like it, and on Letterboxd, it has a 3.3 out of 5. I couldn't find budget numbers, um, but the box office said 33000 I think it is a pretty low-budget movie, and it had a very limited theatrical release. I think it was only released in, like, seven theaters, either in the UK or the United States. I can't remember. I think I saw something in the U.S. Yeah, it was only, like, five or seven theaters total. Yeah, which is, like, weird to me. I'm like, where do you decide? I don't know. Where did where to how do you do that i wonder i was wondering too is it the theater that says yeah we're not gonna play that (laughs) i don't think so uh or yeah it it, has to be or maybe it's their list of movies they already have playing like i know this particular movie theater near us that they're all their screens were full so full so they didn't play barbarian oh i had to to go drive to a different theater to watch barbarian hmm well, I know that there's some theaters, like we have one here called The Flicks, and they do like more independent, uh, lesser known films. And so that's what I was thinking is there's probably like a select number of theaters that do these like smaller movies. But like, how do you, you know, is it a smattering around like New York and LA? Or like, you know, I just wonder where those are. Yeah. Or if it's all in one place or something. But anyway. Um, that's what I got before we jump into Two Minutes with Tawny. I'm excited for it. Pre-apologize, everyone, if you hear the dog bark every once in a while or a kid squeal. Everyone's <laughs> fine. <laughs> There's lots of activity happening over there. Yeah, lots of activity. All right, turn back now if you don't want this movie spoiled for you. And here we go. Philip is a disgraced puppeteer who returns to his dilapidated and burned childhood home. 
He carries his puppet Possum with him in a bag and talks to a young boy named Michael on the train home. He tries to destroy the puppet many times, but it always turns back up. Philip's uncle Maurice turns up in the home and taunts Philip. Eventually, he says he's leaving for a while and tells Philip to lay low. While distressed, he returns to his old school and asks to speak to a former teacher stating that he knew everything that happened back then. He hears the secretary talking to the teacher about calling the police, which scares Philip into running away. He's now being chased by Possum until he wakes back up at home. Philip enters the room he's been avoiding since he arrived, his parents' room. They died in the earlier fire, and what's left in the room are bloody blankets and vials of their teeth. A masked man suddenly emerges from the darkness and places a bag over Philip's head and rustles him to the ground. He takes the mask off, and it's Maurice. He taunts Philip about his dead parents and how he knew it was Maurice who attacked him when he was a kid too, but didn't tell anyone. There's allusions to abuse and sexual abuse from Maurice at Philip, directed at Philip. Philip then hears a sound from a suitcase in the room and overpowers Maurice, breaking his neck. He then opens the suitcase to free Michael, the boy from the train. The last shot is of Philip sitting outside the house with Possum's head in his lap, staring into the distance. The end. So, Felicia, how did you feel about this movie? I really liked this movie. Okay. Uh, I think it's right up my alley Mm. as far as disturbing and atmospheric, and I wanted to figure it out. I thought the acting was phenomenal. Yeah. And... The, the possum was scary, scary looking. It was creepy. Yeah, I really liked it. I have questions. Even what you just said, like the teeth and the blood, I thought were those from the kids that he had killed in the past. I have questions about that, about the wrapping up of it. Hmm. Um, I have different theories, so I'm excited to hear what you, what you have co- brought to the table. But yeah, overall, I mean... <laughs> It was weird, and I really <laughs> yeah. liked it. I definitely got the caveat vibe, especially the house, yeah, and being lost in the house. Uh, uh, not as much as caveat, but in the the decrepitness of the house and it all being within that house. But besides the the, the grounds, the ar- army barracks, um, I wrote here a fox like Antichrist and caveat. What's up with these foxes, man? They're oh, I these- forgot about the foxes and caveat. Yeah. <laughs> There's creepy foxes everywhere. But uh, yeah, overall, so far, I liked it. But I do have some questions and look forward to the conversation. Yeah, I um, I should say that that was my, you know, I wrote this summary. And so that was just my read on the situation. I could be wrong about the teeth and the blankets. Like, I honestly, I kind of ran out of time in terms of looking up analysis about this movie and so I don't even know if I'm going to have answers for you. I think most of our conversation is going to be talking about like what we thought maybe. Ooh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, <laughs> because I tried to find it some stuff and I didn't find really like a ton of answers, if that makes sense. I'm sure it's out yeah. there, but um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I liked it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I also feel like it's up my alley because <laughs> it is, I like atmospheric movies, things that are really creepy. That puppet really, whew, 
was creepy, and I liked that a lot. <laughs> it was ch- it going it through oh. the army barracks, you know, the de- abandoned army barracks, and peeking around corners. And the thing was so creepy. Its yeah. face was so scary. So, so creepy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I liked it, but I also have questions, and I feel like there was some really, like, very, like, <laughs> there was some, I don't know if this is the right word, tenuous connections you know what I mean like I think I kind of got maybe what we were going for but like there were some things that were really I feel like loosely connected and maybe I just don't fully understand no I feel the same yeah so we'll see we'll talk it out see if we can kind of come to a good conclusion the my biggest problem I think with it and I agree with all the what you said the acting was really phenomenal like really 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 good um, my only problem was the pacing. I feel like we could have cut almost 30 fucking minutes out of this thing. It's only an hour and a half, so it's not like it's a long movie. And I like a slow burn, but by the time we got about an hour in, I was like, okay, let's, you know, let's wrap this up. Let's get, I need some answers at this point. And so I think that was a little bit rough, but. I agree with you on that. Yeah, it it makes sense, though, because it is an adaptation of a short story that this guy wrote um, of the same name. It was published in a horror anthology called The New Uncanny Tales of Unease. And these stories are inspired by the theories on the uncanny by Sigmund Freud. So as a fan of the horror genre, Holness stated that he much preferred horror films that resonate with the audience and force them to reflect on the experience afterward. Possum's visual style was inspired by public information films Holmes saw in his youth. I guess these are like PSAs meant to scare you about like, don't do drugs, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, other inspirations included Dead of Night from 1945, George Romero's Martin from 1978, and German Expressionist films. I did try to get that book. Did you? Anyone, yeah. I, when I went on Amazon... It, uh, they didn't have it for Prime, so I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> oh, okay. But, uh, I did look it up and was like, oh, I want to, I want this. I tried to look for it too. I tried to look for yeah. it at um, libraries too. Like I was like, can Ooh, I just nice. check this out? Because I'm on like a ton of library apps <laughs> and I couldn't find it anywhere either. I wanted to read it, but I think that's probably what happened pacing wise, right? Is they had a short story that they then tried to uh, you know, pump up and elongate into a feature length film. And I think yeah. it suffers from that. That makes sense. Cause you don't want to add something that wasn't there. I mean, you could, but it really, you just got to be careful. It doesn't take away from the overall, what was going on in the movie. And in this particular one, it very well could have yeah. if you added any other scene or element that wasn't originally supposed to be there. Yeah. Um, so to continue on just with some of this trivia about the uncanny, if you don't know what this is, the uncanny is the psychological experience of something as not simply mysterious, but creepy, often in a st- strangely familiar way. It may describe incidents where a familiar thing or event is encountered in an unsettling, eerie, or taboo context. And then something I found, so people talk about this mostly about the uncanny valley where things live that are like almost human, but not quite human. They're, they're just a little bit off. And so they're unsettling to look at like yes. robots that are meant to look like people. And I also learned today doing the research for this, that things that move are 
further into the uncanny valley like they're more disturbing to us if they move so that's why animatronic robots the ones that like move and talk and like blink their eyes are creepier than stationary things you know that makes sense and i i think that's what scares me the most this uncanny when we're watching movies and there's just something that just isn't right i for example yeah, yeah midsummer or midsummer where She's in the flower crown and they're breathing, but you just don't notice it right away. There's just something wrong and you feel uneasy about what you're seeing. Totally. Love that stuff. I feel like that kind of happens all the way through the movie too. Like I feel like the interactions between him and Maurice are uncanny in the way that they're Mm -hmm. like almost, they almost feel real, but they don't. You know, which I have a theory that we'll get to later. But um, something that I also came across is canny is from the Anglo-Saxon root ken, which means knowledge, understanding or cognizance, mental perception, an idea beyond one's ken. Thus, the uncanny is something outside one's familiar knowledge or perceptions, which I thought was really interesting, especially after watching Outlander and hearing ken for the first time and then a thousand (laughs) thousand more times throughout that show. (laughs) You can. I love it. Oh, some real great sex scenes in that show. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So I feel like we might have a lot of different ideas of what it could mean or could be. So I wanted, I'm just going to throw one out there because I have a few and I'm curious. Okay. So we have Philip. And he was physically and sexually abused by that man, Maurice. We don't really... Oh, Maurice is his uncle that came to take care of him. I'm I'm saying it like this because I want to make sure that I'm right. (laughs) That came to take care of him after Philip's parents died in a fire. Yes. And so when we're... When they were talking about the boys in the in the past that teased philip and then maurice was talking about how he went and got a bag and scooped him up and then you knew it was me when those boys had gone missing i got the feeling that maurice had been doing this for a long time and i was wondering if when philip was going to all those places like the water um where he put possum I guess I should back up a little bit is okay. So possum, it does possum represent like, I wasn't clear if he was really a puppet or if it represented this dark stranger, this dark um, memory that he's carrying around with him that he can't get rid of. And then when he was trying to bury him or he put him in the bag and like put him deep in the water. Um, and then he went back there and stared at it. At first I was like, Oh, is he killing children all over the place? Like Philip Be- and these are all his kill sites. But then at the end, when Maurice was saying all that stuff, I was like, Oh, are those all Maurice's kill sites? And Philip knows about it, but never said anything. Cause he also abused Philip. So he was scared. Um, which then made me think that that boy that was missing um, that first of all, I thought it was Philip that kidnapped that boy. 
Um, and then I thought, is it Maurice? And then I thought those teeth and the blood blankets and stuff that maybe that room where his parents died now is Maurice's, like where he takes children and abuses them. And then when Philip opened up and the, and Michael was in the suitcase and he ran out, then I didn't know, is Maurice even real? Is, um, is Philip like, I hate this particular statement that the abused abuse because it's not true that I mean, there's situations where that, you know, people who abuse have been abused, but there's lots where they absolutely don't. But I think there might have been that sort of message, too. And so then maybe he got rid of it. And so then he let the boy go or maybe the boy was symbolic. Okay, so this was everything. (laughs) I was going to do one thing and I just threw it all out there. (laughs) Was Maurice real or was this just like his, you know, this memory and I don't know. So I would like to hear what you think. <laughs> I I think that um, I definitely think that the puppet possum is both a real puppet because they mentioned that he's a disgraced puppeteer. puppeteer. Right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And actually, now that I'm saying that, I don't remember how we learned that. Does Maurice just say that? Anyway, I think yeah, we can. Maurice says something about, yeah, you showed that to children. It was quite a scandal. Right. Um, and I think in a, a recap, like in Wikipedia or something, or when I read a little, a little smidge about what the movie was about before I watched it, it said a disgraced puppeteer. Oh, yeah. I, in the, yeah, little yeah. summary. Um, yeah, I I think it is a real puppet, but I also think it is supposed to represent, like, tra- the trauma of being abused as a child that he cannot get rid of, right? Like, it's, it will always be with you kind of a thing. Um, I, this is one of the things that I'm, like, not quite sure about is what the purpose of the puppet to begin with is in the short story um philip makes the puppet right but he constructed it out of pieces of roadkill and dead animals and i feel like that's not really explained in the in the movie but i think that it i'm guessing in the short story it also kind of looks like him right because it kind of looks like him i'm so glad you said that because i was like oh is that a mask of his face And I was going to bring that up and see what you thought. Yeah, I think it is supposed to because of this. Okay, I can't, I must not have grabbed this and put it in the um, thing. But when he was writing the short story, he took um, two things. It was like, because I think they were supposed to read Freud's, you know, interpretation on um, the uncanny. And he took two things. It was like doppelgangers and shit, I can't remember the other one. But he mixed those two things. Oh, it was like pu- marionettes. And he mixed mm. those two things together to come up with the idea for the puppet, which is what leads me to believe, because a doppelganger is a thing that looks just like you, right? Yeah. That's what leads me to believe that it has his face or something in the short story as well. So I, it can't only be made out of roadkill, I think. That's just a, an assumption, though, not having read it. And then I wondered, is that the connection with Possum also? Because like in the movie... It's just, there's no, like, possum about it. Anyway, we can come back to that. But roadkill, that makes sense, because possums 
are often hit as so yeah they don't say anything about that why that thing is named possum yeah like there's a very loose connection there and i don't really know what that means so we can come back to that maybe but um go moving to your second part about like maurice and what all of this meant my read on it was similar in the way that i wa- the entire time i was watching the movie i was like all of these interactions with maurice feel like it feels dreamlike mm-hmm. it feels like it was it feels like it's not real. And it also, I, I was going to say this earlier, I think this movie is up my alley because it also reminds me of Silent Hill. <laughs> Anything that gets close to reminding me of Silent Hill, <laughs> I'm going to like it. Because this movie was on a hill. The house was on a hill. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, it's because like in Silent Hill, you kind of have this thing where it's like you're you're running, you're, you're running around and you're doing shit. And then you like come back or you go to a new location. And sometimes there's like, you go to back to a location that you were in and suddenly there's like a new person there. Or like, you know, you leave and you go somewhere else and they're there. Like, you know, every time he leaves mm-hmm. and moves around the house, like Maurice is kind of in a new place. And that feels like a video game to me for some reason. Like, it's just, it doesn't feel real. You know, it feels manufactured or something. And mm-hmm. that led me to think that Maurice either died a-, a long time ago or he just is gone outside of Philip's life. And these are memories that he's had of his uncle, especially when we get into that last scene where he attacks him and is abusing him. It feels to me like he's a child, the way he's reacting to it, right? Which is not to say that you wouldn't react that way as an adult also, but I don't know. That's just the vibe I got. So I thought that's kind of what I think. That's my um, as of now stance. I think that Philip was abused and that he continues the cycle of abuse because we never see Maurice come in contact with this boy. And I don't know how he would have found him. I don't know. Like, that's weird to me. So how did he end up in the box in the room? Yeah, it's almost like so when. Yeah. Okay. This is what I was feeling, too. And then he like has a kind of like mental confrontation like even though that you know we see all of that happen like i said i think it's a memory more than anything and it's like him battling it out in his head and then he he cuts off the cycle of abuse and releases the kid because then the last shot of him holding the head someone else, i saw somebody else have this say on the last shot and so this was not my own original thought but i think it's a good one that it's just the head the body is severed from yeah. the puppet. And so you're kind of like, I feel like it's supposed to be symbolic of like, you know, you're, you're cutting off the abuse. You can't get rid of the trauma that you have, but you can stop it. You can stop you from hurting other people, I guess. Yeah. The cycle of abuse, and especially because yeah. the body, I mean, definitely there's psychological stuff that goes on when you're abused, but especially tied to your body if you were sexually abused for sure, sexually and physically abused. So separating separating the two, that makes sense. I didn't think about I was staring at this end scene going, what is this made? Yeah. <laughs> it was just because I wasn't sure if Maurice was real or not. And so, yeah, because every time Philip goes, it, he's interacting in the house. Maurice keeps asking him, are you going to go in that room? And then Philip doesn't go in. He stands at the door and goes, no, no, no. So maybe he was really feeling drawn to go in there and hurt that boy that was in there. Oh, yeah. But was trying not to 
Yeah. And then he goes in and he's grappling. He definitely regressed to like a little child when he was fighting Maurice. And then he, he, he let the boy go. Okay. So that's what you think. You think Maurice was not real. That's my, that's my interpretation. Yeah. Because I just, the interactions between them, like you're saying it's cyclical kind of like he's, he's like, they're going around in circles where he's like, Mm -hmm. are you going to go in there? Are, are like, are you going to go in the room? And then he keeps asking him about those candies too, right? He's like, yeah. do you want one? And it's just weird. It's like people don't talk to each other this way. That's why it feels dreamlike and why I don't think it's – it's just like a memory loop that he's kind of reliving, you know? You know what? Yeah, I think you're right because, yeah, when he tells Maurice this is my home, it's almost – Like he wants to get rid of that memory and get rid of that darkness that Maurice brought into the house. But in the evening, like when the police come and they're they're looking to talk to Philip and they're pounding on the door. I was wondering if Maurice was going to answer the door. Yeah. Didn't even stir. Yeah. He's like not around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's always like he moves around a little bit like we see him in those places, but we never really see him go from one place to the next. Does that make sense? Like he's in, he's in the one room and then he's in the other room, like his bedroom. And then he's out back. We never see him actually like move from place to place. And he's never upstairs, which I thought was, I don't know why. I don't know what it means, but I thought it was interesting. And what led me to believe, like, we're not watching this guy travel around. He doesn't feel like a real person in the space, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Okay. So the boys, Back in the day, do you think uh, Maurice was the one that was ab- abusing these boys o- outside of Philip? Because he says something, okay, these boys that were, you know, put his face in the dead fox and stuff like that. Yeah. And they were bullying him. And then he had said something, you knew this, you knew that it was me that hurt those boys or something. And you didn't say anything just like you didn't say anything about what I was doing to you. Something along those lines. Yeah, I think so. Okay, and would you think think those were kill sites, like bodies are buried in these different places he's going? Because he goes to the one muddy place where there's that weird little bridge in the mud. Then there's the the pool, you know, like it's not a pool, but it's no, it's like a reservoir or something. Yeah, Yeah. where there's one there, and then where else does he stand and stare? Oh, Oh, that tree. Yeah, out in the forest. I'm like, oh my god, these are kill sites. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I didn't think about this too deeply, like these locations. I just took it as he was trying to get rid of this puppet in all of these different places and it just kept coming back to him. Um so I didn't read too far into that, but I think that could be, but he would have to have been like privy to what his uncle was doing. Like he would have had to have been there. Right? Yeah. And I mean his he- uncle but he knew his uncle because he said his uncle said something about him lurking around the places where he used to. Yeah, no that was the like news. No, right? the army uh, the army barracks. Yeah, the news did say we see this guy, you know, but then Maurice at one point when they're fighting I think says about um, going to all the places, going to all of my old places. Oh, I did and not that, pick up on that. That made me go, oh my God. Oh, maybe he was the one then that was like maybe killing children and putting them everywhere. That's why it threw me off the scent that Philip was the one that was also a child predator. Mm, okay. Yeah, I don't know about that. Okay. I don't know. Because it's like, how would he have known... He would have had to have been with him or his uncle would have had to tell him about those things. Like, or maybe they're not even like 
you know, they could have been abuse sites, like where abuse he sites. did the abuse and then like took the bodies elsewhere. I don't know. Yeah, especially in the, the wooded area where he would put that bag in the middle of the trees and then the possum would come out because then somebody would go, Philip, and he would run. Yeah, I forgot about that too, the calling the name. Yeah. Yeah, at the beach he was called too. So then I didn't know if that was maybe... Maybe his uncle did bring him along. Like, I mean, there's stories of that where, you know, and they they feel there's lots of stories about that where they involve the kids. The kids keep the secret because they're yeah. scared themselves. Yeah. Ugh, that makes it worse. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like maybe I kind of felt like this was a kind of a shallow thing. Like, I just thought they were picking like weird and creepy destinations to have him drop off the thing. But Maybe that's not fair. You know At what I first, mean? At first, I thought they were his kill sites. Okay. And he keeps going back to them. Because you hear that that uh, when they find a dead body, uh, they'll monitor that area. Because a lot of times, killers can't control them. They can't help themselves. They have to go yeah. back. Go back and, like, relive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. But it makes sense that it's Philip. Because Philip's the one that meets the boy. The chances that Philip meets this boy on the train and then his uncle kidnaps that same boy is right i was i was convinced today uh, up until today when i was thinking about it and like rewriting and thinking about like the sequence of events i was pretty convinced that maurice was the one who kidnapped the boy and had been um doing all of this and because i feel like the movie does set it up to be like we're watching and we're unsure of philip and we do feel like he's a pedophile or he's done some kind of uh child abuse or sexual child abuse because he, like, he was, they say he's a disgraced puppeteer and, like, scared the children. I can't remember exactly what they said. But you're kind of, I feel like you're led to believe that. And then maybe you're not, maybe that's a red herring and that's not what's going on. Yeah. But then I started to think about the boy on the train and how it would work that he would have ran into him. And then his uncle would have kidnapped him. Like, it just, it's too, like, it's too much of a coincidence. And so that's what then made me think, oh, maybe Maurice isn't even around. But I don't know. I don't know that to be sure. It's just my... Yeah, I don't either. On the flip side, if it is Philip, I did like... I mentioned this before where where something challenges me to see a point of view that I abhor or absolutely disgust, but they force me to see that point of view and have a bit of empathy for that type of character. And this is not often that they do that. There's that little, I think it's called little children or that I've mentioned it before on, an, on another episode where they do that with this man who just gets out of jail, who is a, um, a pedophile and how he's struggling internally with himself, um, knowing that it's it's bad to be the way he is, but he can't control the way he is, and he hates himself. And it's you don't ever want to feel any type of empathy for a care for a person like that, but they force you to do that. And I think if Philip truly is the one that has kidnapped this boy, which I I'm thinking that he is after our conversation, you also see how much he's struggling with who he is and you yeah. feel 
for him. That's all I'll say. <laughs> it doesn't make, you know, you just, yeah, you feel for him. Exactly. Like you, you, yeah, what you're saying, like it doesn't excuse what mm. people do. And this is also something we talked about in our angst episode as well, like mm-hmm. nature versus nurture and like, you know, what that ultimately does and how culpable someone can be in a situation like this because of that. Like, and, and it's never an excuse, but, but it's like extenuating circumstances kind of. Yeah. And so it is an interesting movie from that viewpoint because you want to, you do not want this person as the main character to be bad in any way. Right. Like that's yeah. just, we enjoy watching things that we like main characters and we want them to be good people and to be like redeemed and stuff. But I think, you know, if that is the case, you do get a little bit of redemption at the end where he does let him go and breaks the cycle yeah. of abuse, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. On the teeth in the blankets, I the reason why I thought they were his parents' teeth, and this is like a very weird thing to keep, I guess, but I thought it was because, sorry, I'm switching gears a little bit, but this no. just reminded me back on that. I don't think that um, bone burns unless it's like at really, really high, high temperatures. And so that's why I thought maybe it was his parents' teeth because they didn't burn. But like neither would the rest of your skeleton. But if like coroners came in and removed their bodies, it's possible that like little bones were left, you know, like those teeth. And so he like bottled them up and kept them in there, which I think is possible yeah absolutely so now i have a question bloodied blankets though yeah i don't know were they bloody and now i'm rethinking they looked bloody okay Okay, so i thought the same thing i thought oh wait what is this it's clearly burned are those just charred but then uh, as they he navigated around the space i was like no those look bloody if those look bloody then was his parents murdered or or is he hurting, is he killing children in there? Yeah. And then yanking out their teeth and then keeping their teeth as a souvenir. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Could right. Be. I didn't even like consider that as an option, but that could be too. Yeah. And by the way, just as a side note, that movie I was talking about is called Little Children. It has Jennifer Connelly in it, Patrick Wilson, but Jackie Earl Haley plays that guy and he is just does a phenomenal job. Hmm. The whole thing isn't about that, by the way, it's about marriages and, you know, affairs and like all these different couples. He just happens to be also a character in the movie that lives in this neighborhood. Oh, okay. Interesting. It's been a while since I saw it. I just remember that was so seared into my head because me being me, that is definitely a character or anybody being anybody, but also different things I experienced that never, never, never would I think that I would ever feel bad for. And in that movie, I was like, oh, shit, that made me feel different. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's something I never, ever considered. And then I started to go, um, then I watched a a documentary. It was actually about people who had, I don't know if it'd be called, you have pedophilia if you're attracted to young children. I think like, even if you haven't acted on it and they were doing, they were interviewing all these people because they were saying, I never would act on it because I know that it's illegal and it would be damaging. I would never do that. 
but that's who I am. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Like, I don't wow. even know. This is, this is next level. I want them all to be in this box here of these are horrific people. And that's, that's, that's where you are. You're in that box. Yeah. Then you have these people saying like, I don't, you know, I go to, I go to therapy and do this, do that. You know, I would never do anything. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, we can move. I mean, that's what the mo- there a lot is in this movie. So that's why I'm going on that tangent. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I thought possum. Definitely spider-like, right? So gross spider-like arms. But then I had wondered, were did he create that? And those legs actually represented his uncle's hands? Because oh. his uncle says specifically... And, you know, about his fingers and I don't want to go into it too much because I don't want to, you know, trigger anyone. But he talks about that. They were abnormally long as well in the movie. I felt like okay. I, didn't I pick felt up on like that. when he was showing his hands, I was like, I didn't see it at first. Then he's like, you know, he was talking about his hands, his fingers. And I was like, oh, you do have big hands. And then I thought I wondered if those legs, definitely spiders, because spiders are scary, but also represented his uncle's fingers just because they made a point of talking about that. Yeah, to- maybe. Yeah. I kind of, again, just thought like, oh, maybe they did this because spiders are scary for a lot of people. And that was kind of where I left it. But I think that's a good um, deeper read on that as well. Yeah, I want to know more about one of the questions that I had was the connection between the story of the fox and the and the puppet and possum, like all of these things kind of seemed to go together. And I'm not really sure why this is one of those things. That's like a very tenuous connection that I don't fully understand because he talks about the Fox playing dead and like possums. That's that saying, right? Like you play possum because you're playing dead. But then Mm. in the poem, he's talking about, I think roadkill right? Because he talks about like the balloon swaying and that's what people do is they'll put a balloon in roadkill to, you know, show that it's there so that I think when people come by, they can pick it up. Oh shit. I didn't know that. I don't, I don't know this to be sure either, but I've now seen it like two times. I've never seen it in my life until here in Boise. And I've seen it a couple times. And at first I thought, ew, that's fucking disgusting. Who would take a balloon and put it in this like roadkill? But then I thought, I don't know if I looked it up or something or if I just, I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong. But I thought it was to alert, like, whoever comes and cleans it up. Like animal control people, yeah, whatever. Yeah. That it's there. Uh, and so I felt like oh. there was something there about playing dead. And what I thought halfway through the movie was, like, I thought that's going to be his parents' room. We're going to go in there and we're going to have a traumatic memory of like him like finding his like parents bodies and he's going to think that they were dead but they're not dead they're like almost dead so they like wake up that's where i thought we were going cuz i was like what's going to be what's what could be so bad that it's in this room that he does not want to go in there and because of all of the stories of things playing dead like i thought that's where we were going and we it was like could not have been further from what i thought <laughs> that was going to be but i was I, but that I don't understand it then. Like why? Yeah, I also thought that his mom was going to be in there for some reason. I thought his mom was going to be in there. Maybe she was really sick. 
he was avoiding seeing her. I don't know why I thought that, but I that's what I was assuming was in there. I think until later in the movie when they started talking more about the boy. And then I thought maybe the boy is in there. Yeah. Um, I kind of just gave up on the fox thing because I had no idea. Yeah. Why there was a fox and it, it was dead, clearly dead. Like the one he was talking about where his friends stabbed it and then stuck his face in it. And then it came alive and his uncle was laughing at him. Yeah. And then this other fox, yeah, looked dead. But I mean, it, it had some blood on it. I guess it wasn't totally mangled. And then it, it, sh- it then he turned around and it was up and looking at him. I just had no idea. And of course, I definitely didn't make that connection because I did not know about the balloons. I didn't know what to think about the balloons either. Why were there yellow balloons and smoked? I mean, did his parents die on his birthday? Was he having a birthday party? Oh, maybe? yeah. And then there was smoke and then they died. Or like, what was that all about? I don't know. I, That's a very good question. Yeah, I didn't even consider. I kind of just let it go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I like, for some reason, the imagery of black balloons. There was also black balloons yeah. in the lodge, which I really enjoyed. And so I don't. I didn't even question it. I was just like, I like black balloons. This is good. And then I was like, oh, they're black because of the smoke. Yes. Yes. Well, they're so pretty. The There was like a peach and yellow wallpaper with yeah. little yellow balloons and something else. And then these yellow balloons and then that black, black smoke going around them. It was really beautiful. I just, they didn't ever say though, why or what. Yeah. Unless it is the roadkill thing that you just mentioned. Well, but I don't know. That seems like too far of a connection also. But in the poem, he says something about like little. Black balloons. Yeah. He does. I don't know. I can say that book is amazing. I know. I knew you were going to like this because I oh, liked it. And it's God. very like Stephen Gamble-esque, you know? Yes. It is so beautiful too. Like the artwork. I feel so bad. I just wish he didn't become a child predator. And I know. he just published that book. <laughs> you don't even need to become a puppeteer. No, it's scary and dark, but uh, look at, look at us. We're sitting here talking about things that are scary yes. and dark. It is such a cool book and so scary. Yeah, I really liked that, too. It was really neat. The little quick glimpses we get of it. And then also, though, there's like, there's one of the images in the book. It's the image of Possum, and it has a little boy's head on it. And it Mm -hmm. looks like a little boy. Like, it looks like him illustrating himself as a little boy on Possum. Yeah. And in front of it, there's a bunch of pairs of glasses. Yeah, I saw that. Yes. And I was like, what does this mean? I don't know. Are those all the children he ate? He just likes kids that can't see very well. I guess so. (laughs) Yeah, but I wondered if it was supposed to be representative of all the boys that Maurice, like, killed, picked up and abused, potentially killed. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because why not glasses? I mean, the shoes or glasses. Maybe there's a kid or two that specifically seared into his mind that wore glasses. I did. I was staring at it thinking, what does that mean? Yeah. What does it represent? I don't know. These are the things that I'm not really sure that there was an actual connection. I hate to just assume because this does feel like a movie that this guy like put thought into and it wasn't just like, you know, creepy for the sake of being creepy. There's like a story to it. Yeah, there's a meaning. I don't know if everything had a, you know. I, okay, I'm throwing this out there. Okay. You didn't see anything about 
the Holocaust or anything. And the only reason I mention that is because of that very, very famous image of the pile of glasses uh, for all the people, the glasses that were taken from people that were going in the concentration camps. That's what I thought when I saw it. And I'm like, wait a second. And I'm like, no, I don't think this has anything to do with that. Or if it does, it's way over my head. Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, there were, it's not a ton about this movie. It's, I think, the one time in my life that I've gone to IMDb and there's one piece of trivia, just one. Most of my trivia I got from the Wikipedia page. So, um, yeah, but maybe, I don't know. It's I think just, maybe it was just a representation of... Little boys. Yeah, who had been... Killed by his uncle. Do you think he killed them? I don't the remember. The reason I say kill is because I'm so convinced those were kill sites. Yeah. All I the don't places remember. he put possum, that, that's why. Do, do they ever note, mention that? I guess they mention the boys went missing. Yeah. He, all he says is, this is something, you remember, this is something that happened uh, before, like a while back when you were a kid. Yeah, I'd have to like rewatch this movie, I feel like, to get a good, um, to maybe watch through a couple different lenses to see. Because I can't remember now if they mention if the boys went missing. Like, did, were they just abused? Because he was wearing a mask. It's put, It's possible that he, you know, let them go and didn't kill them. Yeah. And they were never able to identify who it was, right? Yeah, I feel like I can very confidently say I don't think they said that the, any kids were killed. I think I made that connection because of the locations. The locations, yeah. Um, and the bloody blankets, which maybe weren't even bloody. I, you know, it was pretty fast and things were burned. The teeth mm-hmm. as well. If he's yanking kids' teeth out, <laughs> he's probably not letting them go. <laughs> if he's abusing them and yanking their teeth out, I'm thinking that they are not but they don't they don't talk about it though in the no. news or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. It's a lot. There's like a lot and it's not explained. Like we do never get an answer about like why he's like disgraced, why he's a disgrace. We'd have no idea what happened with the yeah, puppet and kids. It's just And he has that boy in that room. We have no idea is he abusing that boy? Or not. Is it only what we see where he's like, no, he's not going in there. Like, he kidnapped the boy, and then he's just in there, and he's not going in there. Or when he's having these weird fits and these weird delusions, is he hurting that kid? The only reason I mention that is because the kid is, like, in his underwear, like, long underwear. When He's he's definitely not in his school uniform. When he oh, comes out he? of the suitcase, he's not in his school uniform. Was he in his, like... Like long underwear, you know, like, uh, I feel like it was, you know what I mean by long underwear, like, a undershirt and like, okay, like old, old fashioned long underwear. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he like got out really johns? fast. Yeah. 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 Like long johns. Like yes. Yes. Pajamas. Yes. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like pajamas. Okay. But it definitely wasn't like that school uniform that he was wearing. Was wearing before. Okay. Yeah. He does seem to follow him, too, right, is the other thing. Like, he follows them when they get off the train, and then it cuts, and I don't remember where we go after that, but he he is following I think he gets them. home after, yeah. So it's he possible. He is following. He, Fast, too. 
Yes, very creepy. I was like, yeah, back it up. This guy's not doing himself any fucking favors, <laughs> being super creepy, standing outside of the school, staring at people. It was like, bro. Yeah, because when he was standing outside the school, I thought, is he waiting for like kids to come out? But then when he goes in there and wants to tell, maybe he has kidnapped that boy and he wants to tell that counselor, maybe that or that teacher was someone who had um, questioned him about possibly being abused or something about his uncle. Because he says he knows everything. Yeah. But if he knew everything and he, he never reported it. Right. That's exactly why I think I thought, I didn't think that he had been along with his uncle where he like killed boys, right? Because if he had reported that, this person, whether it's a teacher, it is a teacher, right? He, yeah. Like that teacher would have had to have reported that to the police. But even if he was being sexually abused or physically abused, any type of abuse, he would have had to report that too. So I'm yeah. wondering if because of the way he was acting, because of the way he looked, the teacher questioned him, is everything okay? What's going on with your uncle? And so to the little boy, he's like, he knows, he understands, but he never admitted it because Maurice says, you never told anybody. Yeah. So maybe he went back going, because you know. And he assumed he knew because he was asking him questions if he was okay and stuff like that. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Or it could be, too, that he didn't tell. He doesn't know everything. Yeah. You know, maybe it was just the um, Fox incident or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's like a lot of different things and different ways that you could look at each of those. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it all kind of changes, I feel like. The rest yeah. of the reading on it. The reason I think that about that is because I watched um, the documentary about Gabriel. And uh, it's really, really hard. But that little boy that was abused and killed. And the main thing is he was going to school and he looked very, very beat up. And his teacher was very concerned in doing the uh, the protocol. They have a number they call and they report the incidents. She was reporting all the incidents. And there was, he had said, the little boy had said that, um, I think the police went to his house at one point and he asked for his teacher. And, okay. um, he, I think he felt like she knew what was going on when she didn't really, she had suspicions. Mm, he wasn't yeah. really, you know, she had suspicions. Um, but because she had those suspicions and she was asking him if he was okay, what's going on? How did you get that bruise? That the child feels like, oh, they know, but they can't yeah. actually say it. It's very hard to say. Yeah. Especially, you know, if it's your parents or whatever. So, is know. it also possible that maybe that guy did know that he was abusing Philip, but maybe didn't say anything? It feels like it's like, oh, right, this is a while back. Philip has got to be. 40s, not 30s, at least. I was going to say, at least late 35. 30s, right? Yeah. Mid late 30s, yeah. So it's like, it, this was a long time ago. You know, maybe there weren't the steps or the processes involved, like set up yet to uh, like do these things. And because his parents died and he only has this one person to take care of him, maybe that teacher didn't want to report it because of, you know, you don't want to throw this kid into the foster system. I don't really know how it works in, you know, other countries, but I'm just like thinking of reasons why maybe he didn't report it, you know, that's totally possible. I also think, so I think back 
way back in the day when I was a kid and I, I was 11. So I was not like probably around what his age was based on the kids. But when that happened to me, I thought I was being very obvious. It was hard to say exactly what was happening because I was scared to, I was told not to. And it's also just hard. You don't even really understand it. But I think people forget about that too. As a child, you don't even really understand what it is that's happening to be able to communicate it. I felt that I was being very obvious that something was wrong. So then fast forward to years later, years later, when I finally actually told my parents what happened. Um, my parents had no idea. And right. so this whole time as a kid, I felt really almost even betrayed by my parents that they weren't protecting me, but they had no idea when I thought it was very obvious. So right. based on what you're saying with him being years later, all he has is that memory of what he thought and felt as a child with this forms teacher. Yes. That maybe he was going there going, he knows everything. And the teacher is like, wait, the teacher. <laughs> Who is that? Totally. That's what I was going to say. He just he may not even remember him. Right. Yeah. 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 Because they don't act like they know who he is when he's standing there and he goes, I used to go to school here. And they're like, look, dude, you need to go because you're being creepy. Yeah. Well, (laughs) but that I also thought like maybe there's a new set of staff, you know, that doesn't know these two people. But maybe that teacher that he because, you know, when you think about you go back, you probably only have a couple teachers that you had, you know, in school. But that was another thing that I thought maybe was a red herring. Right. Is like it seems um, like he's doing like he's being like a pedophile, like standing outside of the school. But then later you learn, yeah, like this is maybe the one place that he felt safe and he could go and like he felt even if he didn't tell them directly that somebody knew what was going on. So it gives you like a different view on it. And I just don't know like what what is the the actual reality, you know? (gasps) You're totally right. Okay, dude, like what if none of this happened when he was an adult? Like what if all of this is like a fucking memory from a child. Like maybe he was a kid on <gasps> maybe that train. Maybe he is the kid. Fuck. What if he is Michael in the suitcase? And by coming, by 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 facing these feelings and these fears of his uncle and killing him, ending that, he releases himself. He releases himself as a little boy. Oh yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why he doesn't have the same name. But right. <laughs> because no one else is involved. Will the police come to his house, though? Yeah. Oh, but maybe that's just a memory. Yeah. What if this is all a memory of when the police did? What if the teacher did report it and the police came to the house? Oh, maybe. And Uncle Maurice just didn't answer the door. Yeah. And of course, he's not going to answer the door in front of Maurice, yeah. right? Like. Yeah. And this was all memories of when he was a kid and then to end, you know, end it all up. I mean, because, yeah, on the on the news, they're saying this boy is missing. But again, like you mentioned, it's dreamlike in this house. It's weird, dude. Yeah. yeah like, the, like the TV flips on automatically. Yes. yes, this is exact. This is another thing that reminded me of Silent Hill, because this is something that happens in the games at some point. Like you like walk in and it's like it knows that you're there. And so it's like showing you a thing. Right. Yes. Like, it's it's this very weird dynamic and dance that he's doing with the environment of this house. Right. That feels un- like unreal. 
Oh, yeah. sorry. I got excited. because No, I, I love that. this. Yeah. When I post about this episode, I want to hashtag the director and maybe I'll want to talk to us about it. <laughs> I want to read the short story for sure. Yeah. Yeah, me Because too. now I question it all. Is it well, just all his struggle? I think maybe the kid could represent him. But I also think there's a possibility that it is a kid from his childhood, right? A different kid that he was kidnapped and he like released, right? And he's just basically oh. reliving all this. I mean, I think he's an adult right now in in the context of the movie, but all of this that he's experiencing could be memories, you know? And he just has, it's just tormenting him and he has to let it go. Yeah. And oh. he, he's, he's, and this all happened when he was a kid. Maybe he killed Maurice when he was a kid. I don't know. And let go the other kid. Because it's a weird thing. Like on the train too, when he goes up to him and he's like, what are, what are you drawing? This is another thing that feels childlike. And maybe it's because he was abused as a child. I think this is actually one of the things that he does really well as an, an actor and probably was done well directing wise is his mannerisms. He looks like a child, even though he's like, old, you know, the way that he his posture is. The How way he, he runs. Yes. It, it all feels like regress. Like, what did you say earlier? Like Infantile. He regressed. He regressed. Yeah. 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 He regresses. Yeah. <gasps> yes. Because when he asked the little boy, what are you drawing? He was a big drawer. He he drew. That's true. He, all yeah. the stuff in the book and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. This might be my new favorite theory. Maybe. Yeah. That's. A connection to him is his childhood. Maybe Michael is a boy that is uncle abused, but yeah. the drawing is representative of him, just like a dream, where all of those different things blend together. Right. And I really liked what you said about the teacher. Shout out to teachers, because you are that safe space for kids. And it's a you're absolutely amazing. Because even in that documentary I mentioned, that particular little boy never wanted to leave his class because he felt safe with his teacher. So maybe he did just have that, that, um, that is where he remembered. You said that you said this, that's what triggered that. That's where he felt safe. That's where Mm -hmm. he remembers he felt safe and he just wanted to go back there. Yeah. And as he's confronting all of this, right, this, whether it's what's happening now or what happened in the past, he's confronting it. He's moving through it. Like that's the whole fucking reason why he comes here in the first place, right? Is to like get rid of this puppet, which is basically, you know, representative of like going through his trauma, uh, like not going through it, but you know, working through it, I guess. There's gotta be something with that spot in the trees. Even that. Even if we weren't talking about the places, the other places, maybe they were just places he was trying to get rid of the puppet, that one spot in the trees, and he walks by and he just stares, and then he doesn't go in, and then eventually goes in, and that's where he puts the bag, and then the possum comes out. It's got to be something about that. This one, this is the one that I felt like was the least, um, I don't know, and maybe this is really unfair, because again, I'm kind of like assuming that these things don't have good reasons, right? Like this one, I feel like it just looks spider-like, right? Which is creepy, but this seemed Mm. like there was no significance of that location beyond it just looked creepy. Like, I feel like they just found that and they were like, oh, perfect. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I could be wrong again. I'm really assuming a lot in terms of like, you know, very low budget movie. But I don't know, maybe it could have been one of the sites in it 
caused him to want to make the thing look spider-like. I don't know. Because remember when he first gets there and he walks by and just looks down into there and doesn't go in? He does that a couple times and then finally he goes in and places the bag there. Yeah. So there's something about... I mean, I get it if he looked and then was like, I'm trying to find a place here. I found a place and here's this tree. But it's like he he goes and sees it a couple times before he ventures in. It could be a, an abuse site, though, too, because then his name is called. Yeah. Or maybe that's a place because then remember, he puts possum there and then runs and hides from possum. So yeah. maybe that's an abuse site. And he yeah. ran away and his uncle was calling him Philip, Philip, because he ran away. Maybe that. I think it mean, it's more, Tawny. I think it's more. I would buy also just following my line of thinking here. If it was an abuse site and that is why the puppet looks like a spider is because that's one of the locations, right? And so if there's a tie in there, not just like spiders are creepy. But I mean, I liked your other idea too, that it was like finger representative of the uncle's fingers. I think that's maybe a thing that could be too. I like the idea of it meaning more than just like spiders are scary, you know? Yeah. No, I like that too, that idea, because I never thought of that with the tree, how it, I didn't look at the tree and think it looked like a spider. And now when I think back, I was like, oh yeah, maybe that's what it is. The branches of the tree, because those legs and the brown, maybe that's. Because his face is in the center, right? Of the puppet. And he places himself at the center of this place. And it's the only time I feel like where the lighting like significantly changes, right? He's standing over it and all of a sudden it's like there's one light from above and it's dark outside of that. And so it it feels really weird. Like, again, I don't know if it's supposed to be a memory or it just, but it was, there was something significant about it. Yeah, maybe something happened there. Okay. Yeah. All right, hmm. all right. Um. I do like, and I will say, and I've said this before, but I haven't said it for a very long time. I don't jump a lot when I watch stuff. i just not a jumper. But when he's in the room and the uncle comes out of the darkness and grabs him, <gasps> that got my ass. I am not a jumper, but oh my God, that it's just like the last minute you expect a jump scare. And yes. Oh, the it whole got me. movie, there was no jump scares. There's yeah, lots yeah. of creepy images, but nothing. Steve actually had come in to get his computer right. Like he passed the screen and then the guy jumped and I screamed. And then Steve started. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the only time the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, there was like the rest of the time there were scary moments, like you're saying, but it wasn't really like a jump scare. Like I like yeah. when he, oh God, it got my ass too. When he was like laying in the bed <gasps> and he turns around and it was there and he, but you don't really like see it. We had to rewind mm-hmm. it and watch it again until he too. goes to shove it off the bed. And then you're like, oh God, what was that? Yes, <laughs> I did that too. I rewound it to to see, oh, is that the thing? Is that the possum? Like I wasn't sure because you don't fully see the possum and its face or anything at that point. No, it's really reserved. And this is something that I uh, took a note on. Um, he said that he decided to hold back the director on showing the puppet too much, stating, you can see something horrific, but once you've seen it, the effect wears off, which is why we kept it. We kept so much of it as secret as possible. And I really think this was well done. Like, they do keep it hidden for a long portion of time. And then when you see it, you just get these quick little glimpses that keep it scary. Yes. 
Yes. And you see, they they did this brilliantly because you see only portions. And yes. even when you see part of the face, but you don't see the face head on or whatever, all the way through, you're being revealed more and more of this puppet until you actually now see it moving in within the army barracks and peeking yeah. around doorways. So now it seems like it's something that's chasing you. Yeah, they did this so good. Even when it was, I don't like this, when it was on the wall. Yes, all, when like, it was hanging, hanging there on the wall and its little legs, it almost looked like a cloak. Yeah. 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 And it then when crazy. he was looking at the mirror and he almost, like he became the thing, but it yes. wasn't like he fully became it. It was just like his face a little bit. It wasn't over the top. It was just enough for you to go, oh shit, he it he looks like the 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 um possum. Yeah, totally. And I do like how they did that was a giant puppet that they made and they it took several people to um puppeteer it. I don't know if that's the right word. Um when it was moving through the barracks and stuff. And I feel like that was really well done. I don't like stuff that's like over the top. And I really like that they kept it practical and actually moved that thing. I think it kept, it stayed scary and wasn't, you know, it didn't suffer from like trying to fucking throw in a bunch of CGI. CGI. Yeah. yeah. Crawling through the freaking hallways. Nope. It's just peeking around. Just scary enough. <laughs> and I feel like it's effective. I think other people yeah. would watch this movie and think it's funny and stupid, right? I no could definitely way. see that people I mean, would yeah. be like, yeah, I don't agree, but I, I I could see how you would think that, you know? Um, but I thought it was really well done. And I hope someone has this encased on the wall, this oh, puppet. I'm sure. Yeah. It's so gross and scary. I liked it a lot because I like really creepy stuff yeah. imagery like that and it was it did a really good job of creeping me out so i looked up um or i saw just where they won some stuff so there's a little bit of a note of the creature effects which i'll get to but so it um it premiered at the in the u.s at the brooklyn horror film festival awards and it won for best actor best supporting actor and best cinematography wow excellent great. yes and then it was nominated for the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards for Best Creature Effects. Um, but it lost. And I was like, what did it lose to? Right. I went and looked and it lost to the ritual. So, oh, OK. What can you do? But I was like, <laughs> come on. But 2018 was a really great year for war in general. Like I was like looking it up and I was like, shit, they were they had a stacked thing going on you know it was like halloween 2018 um hereditary oh i always do that where i'll watch a movie and i'm like that didn't win what was it up against and i go and look <laughs> yeah. and i'm like oh, oh. okay i see yes <laughs> what else came out let's see oh suspiria the remake <gasps> upgrade oh man i mean it was just like yeah it was a very competitive uh, year, I feel like for war, but anyway, I thought that was really cool. Um, I had just a couple more things about yeah the acting, uh, and a little bit more about just the movie. So they said, um, and we have already talked about this, how this guy did an amazing job playing mm -hmm. Philip. 
He said, we did a lot of prep work together discussing Philip and where he'd come from and what he'd been through. And Sean wasn't really interested in the horror side of it so much as he was getting to the truth of his character and expressing what he'd gone through for the audience. And I also, this is the only IMDb trivia note, says um, Sean Harris as Philip does not smile once throughout this film. In fact, he wears a frown through most, through more than 95% of the movie. Oh, you're right. Yeah. He has an extremely frowny face. And I wonder if, I wonder what he looks like in real life, like in a different acting scenario, you know, like, does he look a little bit more happy than this? I don't know. He, He did a great job of there's like these moments where you can tell that he's like he's in like a state like he's have he's like totally remember remembering remembering something or he's like really caught up in his head like you tell he's like just uh, totally gone kind of he's so in lost in thought and then he kind of like comes back to like a lot of his acting is physical but it's subtle and there's so little dialogue. I like movies with very little dialogue and I just feel like they really did a great job here. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah. They, they don't say much and they don't need to. That's so powerful. I was even just thinking as you were talking about the different scenes and how it just now reliving this scene where he's sitting in that abandoned army barracks and he's looking at the picture of his mom and dad and then the black rain so probably like rain filled with soot is coming down and he's just in agony and it just now made me think because when i was watching it was like oh wow this is really beautifully shot but now thinking back like his whole life what was his life before maybe he had a really good life yeah. And now that his parents has, have died, his whole life is now where he's at now. Like yeah. so much pain, so much trauma because of that one event and how just powerful and beautifully acted. Yeah. <sighs> has that guy been in anything else? I'm wondering. It looks like he's been in a handful of things. Mission Impossible. Um, Fallout from 2018 also. Macbeth from 2015. Oh. He looked very familiar. Oh, yes! I thought so. Okay, he looked so incredibly familiar. And I was like, what is he from? And now I recognize that he's from the Borgias. Sorry. Yes, he's from the Borgias. I thought, okay. All right, cool. I was like, gosh, this guy looks so familiar. What is he from? Oh, he was also in Prometheus. <gasps> yes, he was in Prometheus. Okay, yes. Okay. All right. All right, this guy. This guy. Let's see. The last thing that I have just on that same note, I'm really trying hard to um, fit this back in somewhere, but I think <laughs> we found a way Let's to do, do it. do it here right now. <laughs> um, okay. While he was developing the film's story, Holness drew upon his love of 1920s and 30s silent films, which he found to be so brilliantly creepy. He wanted to replicate this same filmmaking technique, lamenting that many modern films overlooked them and ended up being less creepy. Holness was then reminded of of this short story that he wrote for the book, right, which he felt would fit perfectly with his idea to express as little dialogue as possible, which we just talked about. And on top of that, it was originally decided that he would use intertitles, so just like, you know, little um, text cards, like, yeah. periodically throughout the movie. 
so that 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 was going to be used to voice the character's thoughts throughout the film. Uh, again, drawn from Silent Hill films because that's how they used to do it. But he abandoned the idea during the editing process as he felt like it slowed down the pacing of the film, which I'm fucking glad because it's already <laughs> slow. Yeah. Um, and he said, instead, opting for the voiceover narration. And so I like how that started as a point of inspiration and then came to be the voiceover. And I think it works really well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I'm glad he abandoned that idea of putting those. I know exactly what he's talking about with those little cards. Uh, I don't know that that. Eh, I don't think it would have worked no, either. You get, either. like you were saying, you get these references, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe Jade said that actually. Because I told him this tri- trivia and he was like, oh, I, I got that. I was like, yeah. Oh, that was probably Jade. Yeah. I, I wanted to take credit a minute there for <laughs> it, but it's Jade. Yeah. Um, okay. I think that's about all I got. I don't know that I'm any more clear on it, but I am excited about it. I'm almost excited about it because I'm not so clear. Because it could be all of these different things. And it's almost like I could choose. I could choose my own adventure. I loved those books when I was a kid. Choose your own (laughs) adventure. I think it means this. And I kind of like that. I do too. And like, that's exactly what he said he wanted to set out to do, right? Is a movie that people talk about afterwards and you kind of have to explore and it sits with you. I will say this did feel a uh, fall. This fell a little. I'm not even drinking. I'm not even drinking today. (laughs) This fell a little short of my expectations because I really wanted to be scared. And it is really creepy. Like, I liked the experience of watching it, but it didn't stick with me in the way that I was, like, scared later at night when I was, like, laying in bed. You know what I mean? It's a disturbing yeah. movie for sure. It's it's di- different in that way. I did not expect for it to be disturbing. I thought it was just going to be creepy. So it kind of missed the mark there, I think, for me. But I would have to agree with you because it was more... I wasn't scared myself, like you mentioned, going to bed, because it was the kind of like this internal psychological trauma that he's experiencing. So it was very creepy, uncanny. It was an amazing experience to witness, but it wasn't like I was scared to go to bed. I'm still scared. I am still scared to have my feet near (laughs) the under underneath the bed. Yeah. When I wake up in the in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom, <laughs> I am 45 and I run and jump <laughs> onto the bed. I run and jump. Yes. All and because this didn't, of the grudge. And this didn't do it that same thing for you. Or oh, me. no, 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 no. I just felt really bad for him and his experience. Right. But I wasn't scared of the possum coming. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Felicia, are you ready to rate this movie? I'm ready. Okay. I, after very careful review of all my previous scores, I would like to rate Possum. I would like to rate it. I would like to. (laughs) Okay. Please please do not tell me no. A 3.9. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it was really impactful. I think it really just just displayed or not displayed, but depicted all of these different elements of trauma and fear and all of these sorts of things in a really beautiful way. I enjoyed it. So I'd like to rate it to a 3.9. Okay. All right. That's high. That's higher than I thought you were going to go. I think I'm going to give this a 3.5. Ooh, that's high. Yeah, I really, I did really like it in the end. Um, I had some problems with it, but Like, I think it's worth a watch. And I actually am surprised that people don't talk about it more. It seems like it's a little 
I don't know. I, I want to say underrated, I guess, but that's not the right word. But like people don't talk about it a lot, right? Even um, I think we were talking to uh, Mark from um, a podcast on Elm Street, right? And he hadn't even heard of it. He was so, like, what's that? Yeah. What are you watching? <laughs> I hadn't heard of it until after watching Caveat and then reading people talking about Caveat and how good it was. And, you know, there's a bunch of people online who are like, I want to watch more stuff like this. And then people would say, oh, if you haven't already, you should watch Possum, right? Because it's just similar in many ways. But it's also different in many ways. Like, I think this movie mm-hmm. has, a, has a very deep, you know, message that it's trying to convey um, whereas I liked the, uh, experience of watching Caveat more. So I'm going to go 3.5 ultimately. I just wish the pacing was better. The pacing yeah. was rough and some of the connections were just a little too, um, loose for me, but I like our discussion and how you can look at it from many different angles and how it's open for that. You know, that's exactly why I gave it a 3.9. Yeah. Some of those connections in the pacing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Nice. All right. Thank you for this. I never even heard of it till you mentioned it. I really want to see Possum and I'm like, oh shit, I do too now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm glad we watched it, even though it Me didn't too. like deliver on like being as scary as I wanted it to be. I feel like we're on a good run here. Yeah, me too. Not for the like- last like handful. Yeah. <laughs> but this is this is our last for September, right? Yes. Yes. So we wrapped up our scary September and it was, it didn't. It wasn't um, that scary, I don't it, think. It didn't ruin us. That sucks. No, but we, we enjoyed it at least. Yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. We enjoyed it. Very different movies, especially between, I mean, yeah, very different movies. Angst, Barbarian, and Possum. It's a, <laughs> yeah. a wild little bunch there, so. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I like movies, and I know you all know this, where it makes me think and think and think and think for days after, and all three of those movies did that. Yeah. So next, how much fun is this freaking going to be? Our next episode is Hocus Pocus 2. (laughs) Okay, I was like, I couldn't remember which one we were doing next, yeah. Oh, so excited. My kids are excited. Um, my we t- took a really quick break and my little one, Titi's friend, her mom came to pick her up and she's like, I hear you're having a hocus pocus party <laughs> because I had told the little girl, you like hocus pocus, you need to come over and watch the new movie. And she's like, my yeah. brother needs to come, too, because he loves it. And I'm like, oh, OK, yes, let's do that. <laughs> and then she's like, you're having a hocus pocus party. You know what? Maybe I am. You know, maybe I'm going to make a little hocus pocus party for the kids. And I think that sounds fun. It sounds like it, actually. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Dude, I want to have a hocus pocus party. We're going to. Yes, I'm so excited. This is going to be the the cinematic event of the fucking year. I'm (laughs) shocked that they didn't put it in theaters, honestly. Like, I am shocked. I can't believe that they're only going to put it on streaming. That's I feel like it's blasphemy, (laughs) kind of. I mean, in some ways, it's like keeping with the original tradition, right? Because it wasn't it just like a made-for-TV, like, Disney movie, I think. Oh, was it? I think. Oh, that makes sense, but no. I can't remember now that I'm I'm saying that out loud. If they did a theatrical release and then it didn't do well, it definitely flopped. Either way, it flopped in the beginning, and then it just became, it got a cult following because they played it over and over again uh, around Halloween, but... I guess in that way, it might be keeping with tradition, but 
I don't know. I'm so fucking excited. I'm excited too. And I'm going to plan a Hocus Pocus party just with, <laughs> just honestly with the family and those three kids. But yeah. <laughs> hey, it's a party. How fun. We could all dress up as witches and. Uh, oh. Okay. This is next level. We'll yeah. have pizza. We'll, we'll have pizza and popcorn and we'll watch the movie. <laughs> Yes. Super excited. So that is going to be our first October episode, Hocus Pocus 2. Yes. Yep. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Yeah, that's it. If you want to, again, if you um, want to follow us, Go to Instagram at two chicks and a horror flick, or you can go to two chicks and horror That will lead you to any other social media platform that you prefer. It'll also give you links to our episodes on your podcatcher platform that you prefer. Also get your two chicks and a horror flick merch and join our discord community where we chat. We chat all things horror, true crime books, whatever. Um, we, we love, love engaging with people in there. And what else, Tani? You can support the show by going to our Patreon or giving us a like, review, and subscribe on whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on, just like Felicia talked about. We're everywhere, or almost everywhere, probably. Um, everywhere. <laughs> a lot, I think even a lot Pandora. I think you can even find us on Pandora when that was popular so once in the day. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I think it's still maybe. There, it is. It is. I think there's like 10 people using it still. So. Oh, shit. I guess we're not getting sponsored by Pandora, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway but yeah i think that's it we hope you have such a good night no nightmares <laughs> <laughs>